Episode 21 of the Ranting Weight Watcher. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoyed the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening to me on allows you to rate the show, Please leave a four-star or five-star rating. Any ratings appreciated. How's everybody doing today? Aren't you glad it's Friday? And ending to another week. It feels good. It feels good. It always feels good when it's Friday, you know? I feel like sometimes I spend the entire week... Waiting for Friday. And then when Friday gets here, I'm thinking, okay, why was I so excited for Friday? What's supposed to happen? (laughs) And uh, there was nothing really planned, right? Just just excited for it. (laughs) Excited for the weekend. All right, let's get into this. Journey updates. Okay. This week was a good week, guys. This week, I lost 12.2 pounds. Now, everyone out there is like, holy crap, how the hell did he do that? And even I, well, I have my my theories. Because I, I feel like the majority of the weight I gained wasn't true weight. It I, It was mostly water. And so, just the same... If I think that way, then I have to think that the majority of this loss is mostly water. See, and I've explained this before, but uh, my I'm, my body is very sensitive to salt. So, and, and with lymphedema in my right leg, I retain water very easily. And I could have a six-pound weight fluctuation, seven-pound weight fluctuation in one week, no problem. And it's all because... I decided to eat salty and get laxed on my water intake. The total lost since January 2019 is 107.4 pounds down since January 2019. The total holiday pounds remaining to lose is 2.6 pounds. The pounds I have to get to 277 is 11.2. And just in case this is your first time, I have a goal of getting to 277 pounds because number one, it was the weight I was at when I first started dating my wife. And also, it was the lowest weight I had achieved from the gastric bypass surgery before I started gaining weight back. My pounds to get to the next WW milestone, which is the Uh, minus 125 milestone 
is 17.6 pounds. And the pounds to get to my goal, which was to lose 200 pounds, is 92.6 pounds to go. So, overall, a good week. Now, I had someone ask me recently, if your body is so sensitive to water and you hold water and you gain weight very rapidly because of water retention, how is it that you can so easily get rid of it when you want to? And it's, it's people have seen me do it a number of times. I have my methods um, one of them was probably would probably be looked down upon by every medical professional in the industry. And you know what? It's not medical advice. It's just what I do. Someone asked me what I do, and I'm telling you what I do. But I got this stuff, and I, it's called Voodoo Floss. Now, I don't know if you know what Voodoo Floss is, but picture a ace bandage, but instead of being made out of the fabric that ace bandage are made out of, it's actually made out of rubber. Okay, so it's like a six foot long, whatever it is. Uh, and it's like, you know, two, three inches wide. And so it's supposed to be used to support your joints. You know, athletic, like an athletic ace bandage. It's like someone who's running and they have a problem with their knee. They can wrap their knee with this this type of voodoo floss and it would give them the support they need. And they in because it's rubber, you could just tuck it in itself. There's none those little pins that ace bandages have. None of that exists. You know, the weird pin action. Because it's rubber, it's kind of sticks to itself. All you do is pull up a peel up a a layer that you already wrapped around and tuck the rest in, you know? And it's because it's rubber, it sticks. And it's actually in reality, it's better than any ace bandage I've ever used. Now, what I do is I, I go from the ankle and I go upward toward the knee. And in the beginning, I squeeze a little more. I, I give a little bit of tension and I go and I let, it, I let loose the tension the closer I get to the knee. And sometimes I do it a little tight and then I back up and, you know, and start over again. But and I try not to cut off circulation because that's going to be worse, obviously, and it's very probably easy to do that. So you could feel right away. Did you do it too tight? You know your foot's going to feel funny. So I wrap it around from the ankle going up to the knee, squeezing the, the leg so that, number one, because in the morning, my leg is at its smallest every day. And... By squeezing it that way, I'm one, I'm preventing the water from going back down and settling in there. And two, I'm squeezing any water that is in there out. Again, this is not medical advice, so don't take it as such. When I, I sometimes I wrap it a little too tight, sometimes I only, I, I do it a, a little, I do it just right and I can wear it the entire day. And then other days where I'm like, all right, I can't take it anymore, I'm starting to itch, the skin is getting irritated. Uh, because it's rubber rubbing against the hair on my legs. Those are the days where I only like, maybe like noonish, that I'm taking it off. But most of the time, it's around somewhere between 12 and, say, 1 or 2 that I take it off. And then there's other days where I'm really comfortable and I did it just right. And I can go all the way to 4. So I, I wear it like almost the entire work day. Put it on at 6 in the morning so on. And so that 
stops the water from going down into the leg, and it also squeezes whatever water's in there out of the leg. And my next line that I do is I stay away from salt. Okay, so that's that's common sense. You stay away if you're if you're sensitive uh, if you retain water, you shouldn't stay away from salt. That's just the way I I think the two go hand in hand. It's just one that goes with the other. You know, after besides the salt intake, I concentrate heavily on water intake. Now, I concentrate on getting the minimum half my body weight in ounces. So I have a bottle of water with me at all times. And that bottle of water is four, holds 40 ounces. And so at 6 a.m. when I come downstairs, before I allow myself to drink coffee, I drink two of them. So 80 ounces of water is down before 7 a.m., okay? Then I allow myself to have coffee. Now people are like laughing right now because they're like, oh, he must spend all day on the toilet. But no, that's not the case. I mean, yes, you could say two to three times an hour I'm going to the bathroom, right? It also cleans the other, (laughs) it cleans your bowels out very quickly. I mean, people think that drinking coffee is a diuretic. Drink 80 ounces of water in an hour and think, see what the first thing your body wants to do. <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird that um, drinking water would do this, but it does. And everything just works more smoothly when I'm getting the right amount of water in. So now after I drink my coffee at 7, I go from like 7 to, I, I nurse it a little bit because I have a really good uh, thermos that keeps the coffee warm. I go until about 9.30 without drinking any water. So from 7 to 9.30. And then I have my second, I mean my third bottle. And the fourth bottle comes in around 1, 1.30. And so by the time 4 p.m. rolls around, it's the end of my work day, I've got 160 ounces in, and that's just a little bit more than half my body weight in ounces. So now at this point, anything I take in after that is bonus. It's not necessary, but if I take it in, I take it in. And so typically, like tonight, I had my four bottles. Now I went, had my dinner. I had a fifth bottle. And now in front of me here as I record is the sixth bottle. I don't, I almost never finished the sixth bottle, but I did uh, start, I do start it often. I start a six bottle often. So that's, that's it. That's my secret. That's how I drop water weight quickly. Your body will not attempt to retain water if you're drinking enough. It will only attempt to retain water if it doesn't feel like it has enough. You know, it's like a defense mechanism, right? At least that's how it works with me. If I don't drink enough water, you'll see, you could watch my leg swell up. It's ridiculous. You can measure it and then measure it again in a couple hours. If I don't drink any water, forget it. It's like, uh, it's like a balloon. Like a camel's hump. It just fills with water on the weekends when I, when I have all these other things planned, right? And get this done, get that done, get all these things done. And you're going through life trying to get things done. Water takes a back seat. 
where then Monday hits and Monday, it's a very regimented work day, right? So I have my routine. This is when I get the first bottle in. This is, okay, let me give it to you in real numbers. Six by 6.30, 6.40 is the end of the first bottle. By 7 a.m. is the end of the second bottle. 9.30, 10, third bottle starts to go down. And that finishes by four. The fourth bottle finishes by four. That's just to give you an idea. But it's easy to be regimented when work is involved because work is regimented. So it's just about adding water to the thing. Now, how do I get that much water in? I've, I've played tricks with the whole situation. You know, those, those crystal light flavor things, they're designed to flavor 16 ounces of water. I use one pack and I flavor 40 ounces. I don't do every bottle. I do every other bottle. So it's almost like a reward. You drink this water bottle, you get a crystal light bottle. You drink the next water bottle, you get a crystal light bottle. And the funny thing is, you'll find that you're actually thirsting. Even though you drank all this water, you'll find yourself feeling thirsty. And you thirst for more, especially when you drink the crystal light because there's sweetness there. Right? So every other... Even though the little packet says to do 16 ounces, it does 40. And you know what? It's plenty sweet. I can only imagine how sweet this stuff is if I did it in 16 ounces of water. I would not probably not be able to drink it because some of them, some of the flavors are still too sweet even though I'd use 40 ounces of water instead of 16. So it's more than double the amount of recommended water that I'm using. And I also make sure that the water is only a little bit above room temperature. I mean, a little bit below room temperature. I, it can't be freezing cold and you expect to drink it quickly. The closer you can get to tolerate room temperature water. Now, this is very difficult. Don't get me wrong. The closer you, the faster you can get to that point where you can tolerate drinking room temperature water, the better off you be. Because... It just goes down so much easier to drink, instead of drinking ice cold water, to drink room temperature water. And, and even I am not at that point where I can drink room temperature water and like it. Uh, sometimes I do it just because that's what's there and i drinking just to get it finished, you know? It's like the end of the bottle and it's definitely room temperature at that point. And I'm just getting it down as quickly as I can to get to the next bottle. Even in the bottle, 40 ounces a bottle, like 10 ice cubes, those little, you know, the, the half moon ice, ice cubes you get from the ice maker and the refrigerator, uh, 10 of them in 40 ounces doesn't cool it much. Um, it all depends on how cold the water is going into the bottle initially, you know, and then that'll dictate how cold the bottle turns out to be. But the, I noticed that it was so much easier to drink room temperature or as close to room temperature. It was easier to drink that quickly than it was to drink something like ice cold. So I said, all right, well, let me train myself to just accept this as the norm. This way I know I'll be getting in the water I need quickly. And that's, that's how I've approach drinking water ever since I had a funny I actually had a funny story because I wasn't even a believer in drinking water and it was my uh, WW coach Terry who 
she was talking about the importance of drinking water one day. And, you know, and, and I was thinking in my head, like, this is such crap. Water. I mean, how can water help you, you know, in any way? And so one day she had brought it up so many times within the workshops that I got sick and tired of hearing it. So I said to myself, I went home that week and I said to myself, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to put it to the test. I'm going to drink. At that point, I wasn't drinking any. I was hardly drinking any water. I said, I'm going to drink a gallon of water a day. That's what I commit to. One gallon of water a day. And I'm going to do it until I get weighed in next Saturday. (laughs) And I'm going to, when I, when my, when that scale doesn't move, I'm going to prove her, prove her wrong. And I'm going to say it in front of everybody in the workshop. (laughs) So I stuck to that and I, I worked hard and I got that gallon of water in every single day as I, cause I want, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be able to have to lie about my experiment. So I got that. I did it. I committed to one gallon and I got in the one gallon every day. And that Saturday morning, I walked in fully ready to rub it in her face, say, see, you were wrong. This is what I did every day of the week. And look, it didn't help me at all. (laughs) I stepped on the scale and I had dropped 6.7 pounds in a week. (laughs) And I didn't drink, I didn't make any other changes except drinking a gallon of water a day. So... Because I was wrong, I had to admit I was wrong. I can't let it go. She didn't know I was doing, she didn't know I was doing the experiment. So I decided, okay, I'm going to admit to it anyway. And so the time came where someone had to, you know, she's asking what went well this week, you know, and, and that's how they do it at the meetings. So I raised my hand and I told the whole story and everybody was laughing and uh, I was the butt of the joke at the end of it all. (laughs) So the moral of the story is water can only help you. It's not going to make you lose weight, although it seems to have done for me. Uh, But the one thing I could say it definitely does is it makes everything in, in your body run smoothly. All of your organs, all of a sudden, they're running at tip-top form, you know, and everything just seems to be sinking and working and flowing and, and everything like that. And the entire body just runs far more efficiently. Now, there's plenty of medical professionals that would say, oh, you don't need to drink that much water. It didn't kill me. I'm sitting here. I'm telling you I drink between one... 160 and 220, uh, 240 uh, ounces of water a day. And I'm still here and I'm still talking to you. So you do, maybe you don't do 160, maybe you do 100. Whatever it is, just give it a shot. What, what do you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Today, as I sit here, Recording this episode. It is January 12th, 2021. Today is my two year anniversary of being on plan with Weight Watchers. 
I don't know that I've ever stuck to anything, any diet plan, anything at all for this long. The amount of time I have spent working this plan is uh, every day is a new record. Every day I wake up and continue to go through the motions and continue to practice what is preached uh, by this system is a new record. If you would have asked me two years ago what I'd still be on plan now, if we go back to exactly to the day I started, I would say, well, I hope so. I had the hope. But see, I'm someone who analyzes the future based on history. That's just how my mind works. It doesn't mean I'm right. It just means that's what I do. And based on my history, I had never stuck to anything long enough to be considered a success. In 2014... 2000, I'm sorry, 2004, I was 460 pounds. And if you heard my first episode, you will know, you know, know this story. And I'm sorry, just, just bear with me a minute. So in 2004, I weighed 460 pounds. And I was in a very severe uh, situation in my life. If I had not done anything about it, I probably wouldn't be talking to you today. That's, that's the only it's the only thing I could think of. I, I can't see anything. If I had kept going the way I was going, I can't see any reason I'd be here right now. And I can't see any reason that I would have been married and had a daughter either. In 2004, things became real. Things became like, okay, you better make some life choices here or you're not going to be here much longer. You'd probably be dead in my 30s at the most. I was, uh, I believe I was 26 years old in 2004. I obviously wanted a change in my life. And so I did what I thought at the time was the best possible thing for me. And I pursued gastric bypass surgery. There are many people that believe that the gastric bypass surgery is the end-all, be-all. You get that, you're guaranteed. They don't know that 40% of the people gain all of the weight back that they lose. It's actually a little higher than 40%, I believe. But uh, just let's just call it an even 40. Gain back everything they lose over time. And I... I was one of those people. I was one of those people that believed that gastric bypass surgery was the end-all, be-all. Essentially, what I believed in my head is equivalent to giving a hammer to someone and then saying, because you have this hammer, you are now a master carpenter. And you can do everything a master carpenter can do. Because that's what it is. The gastric bypass Surgery is not the solution. It's just the tool. A hammer does not create a master carpenter. Years and years of practicing a craft make you a master carpenter. 
The same thing comes with gastric bypass, even though it's relatively quick. It's it's almost detrimental because detrimental for you to learn what your body does that much quicker because it comes off that quickly. And you come to this turning point in your road. And for me, it was a year. I got to that turning point in a year. And one year I went from 460 to 277. It was the lowest I had ever been. I had uh, gained a whole lot of confidence. Started to have a social life where I was a hermit basically before that. Never left the house. Started to have a social life. Started dating my now wife at that time period. And in two years after we started dating, we were married. And even even a year in, so that would make it 2005, At by the end of that year, I was already showing signs of gaining. And I was ignoring it. I dropped almost 200 pounds really quick. And in that time period, I should have realized how to make some real life changes. But in reality, I didn't. I just saw that I was eating less food, which is true. I was eating less food because I was eating less and because I was so big, the pounds were coming off. And that makes sense. You eat less calories, the pounds are going to come off. Even if it's still the bad food, you eat less of the bad food, (laughs) it's less calories. And that's essentially, I never changed the habits. I never nurtured new behaviors. Everything remained the same. I never educated myself on how the human body works. I never analyzed what my body does in response to uh, good choice foods versus bad choice foods. Nothing. I just watched the weight fall off and enjoyed the ride. But I got to this point, which I call the turning point, where suddenly the weight is not coming off anymore. And it's because you never change behavior. So eating less of a Big Mac is still eating a Big Mac. And eventually, eating less of the Big Mac is not enough to continue losing weight. You have to change the Big Mac to something more healthy. Or you add exercise to your routine to make up for the difference. Either way, the math has to change in some way, or way shape, or form. And I didn't do that. I made excuses. I turned a blind eye to the behavior. I turned a blind eye to the scale. And, you know, it it made it a lot easier because I didn't go, you know, when people have gastric bypass surgery, they have all these, like, social groups or whatever that you go, you know, kind of like a a workshop with uh, Weight Watchers. They have those things for people who had gastric bypass. You're sitting in a room with a bunch of people in the same situation as you. And I never went. I thought I was above such nonsense. And who wanted to drive, I don't know, what was it, 30, 45 minutes away every Tuesday night after having worked all day? Not me. I didn't want to do that. So I skipped it right from the get-go. I never once went to a single workshop or meeting, whatever they call it, group meeting. 
I never once went. And maybe the support of others in the same situation might have put me in a different spot. But no, weight was all going down. I was enjoying life. Everything was good until it wasn't good. Simple as that. Everything was great until it wasn't great. Then it was like, eh, okay. Well, look at what I've done so far. I kept looking at the overall, ignoring the present trend. Slowly but surely, over the next 15 years, I gained the overwhelming majority of the weight back. From 277, I woke up on my birthday, January 4th, 2019, 15 years later, at, at 395 pounds. So that's not all the weight, but had I waited a little longer, I'm, I'm sure I would have been there. And then something happened that changed everything. And I'll get more into that after the break. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to the Ranting Weight Watcher. If you would like to connect on social media, we would love to connect with you. On Facebook and Instagram, search for at the Ranting Weight Watcher. On Twitter, search for at the Ranting WW. On the Weight Watchers Connect app, search for at Ranting Weight Watcher. You can also email the show, say hello or share your story with us. Send your emails to therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. If this is your first time here and you enjoyed the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you are listening with allows you to rate the show, please leave a 4-star or 5-star rating, whatever is in your heart to leave. Any rating is greatly appreciated. And now, without further delay, here is the star of the show, Donato Russo. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So before the break, we were talking about my past and how I got to this point. January 4th, 2019, I faced myself that morning, disgusted of what I saw in the mirror. I chose to step on the scale that morning. I didn't like what I saw. After 15 years of avoiding the scale and pretending I wasn't going anywhere, even though I had gone up from a 42 waist back to a 50, 52 waist, I believe it was, you know, trying to pretend like it didn't happen in my head, living in the delusion that I created for myself. After stepping on the scale, I had already felt disgusted. But then that night when people came over, we were celebrating my birthday. It was actually the next day, January 5th, because January 4th had fallen on a Friday. So we decided to celebrate on the Saturday, January 5th, 2019. I had just finished, either just finished blowing out the candles or it just they just brought the candle to, the cake to me. And my daughter is standing next to me, and they decided to take a picture. And if I can do it, I'm going to, on the YouTube link to this podcast, I'm going to use the thumbnail to be that picture that basically sparked uh, the beginning of my journey back. 
I'll set that as the, the thumbnail picture for the episode. So after listening here, if you want to see that picture, you can go over there. There's a saying. It goes something like this. I don't know the exact words, and I don't know who said it. So this is probably a par- paraphrasing. History doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. The first time I heard this saying, I said, wow. It was like a getting hit with a bat in the face. It was like getting slammed with the truth. Suddenly, the revelation of the, the true situation I could be in, could be in, okay? I, I don't talk much about my family, but uh, my father passed away when I was 17 years old, 1995. He had many health problems, and being obese was one of them. He was 44 years old when he died, 44. At this day, when I heard this saying, I was 41. All of the sudden, all of these parallels between my father's life and my life start making connections. Now, these there are completely different reasons that were, but the, the situation in the end is the same, right? Not completely the same, but just trust me. There are parallels, okay? My father, early in his life, had an operation, and because of that operation, he had a scar going down his entire stomach from basically the chest, uh, the breastbone down to the belly button. Now, his reasoning for getting this operation is completely different than mine, but I have the same scar from the gastric bypass, from the breastbone down to the belly button. We were both obese, both acting like uh, we were invincible. It didn't matter that we were obese. We were unstoppable, I guess. You, you say it like that. Although we have differences in our journey, our journeys, there are similarities. And if that is not a perfect example of two people heading down the same course in slightly different ways, you know, like it said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. How am I at 41 ending up with the same exact scar my father had? Having the same weight issues my father had. The only thing I'm missing is the diabetes. But I have hypoglycemia, which people say is the doorstep to diabetes. And I don't know if you know what hypoglycemia is. It's basically the opposite of diabetes, where a person with diabetes eats sugar and the body doesn't produce enough insulin and they go, their sugar goes way, way up. Where I eat sugar, my body produces too much is- insulin and my sugar crashes. Mean- meaning I would have to actually drink or eat something to get the sugar back up again. And there, there have been many doctors that have told me this is the doorstep 
to eventually being diabetic. I don't know if that's true. You know, what do I know any, anyway? Who am I? Who am I to say it's not true? But here we are. I'm 41 years old. And there are way too many similarities between my life and my father's life. So immediately, fear set in. And it wasn't until I heard this saying, until I saw that picture of me and my daughter, that I realized I have to make a change and I have to make it for good. Otherwise, see, when my father died, I was 17. I was near an adult at that point. But if, I, if, if all goes in the same direction and I did the same thing my father did, my daughter wouldn't be pa- barely past 10 and she'd be without a father. And it, it hit me that I really needed to make some crazy life choices. And this time, it wasn't a joke. This time, I wasn't invincible. This time, it had to be done the hard way, the one way I never did in all of my life. So I went back to Weight Watchers. And here I am, two years later, 107.2 pounds lighter. I don't know if that's enough to steer, the cor- steer myself off course. And, and you know what? I don't care if it's enough because I have to keep going. I have to get to the end result because this cannot end the same way for my daughter that it ended for me. I need you to take life seriously for a moment. Because you owe it to yourself. No one is going to do this for you. And in the end, no one can force you to do anything. You could take my words right now and you could throw them out the window and it doesn't matter. In a few more minutes, the show will be over and you never have to hear my voice again. But I challenge you to think about it. Where where are the red flags that you're ignoring? What changes, what simple little changes can you make in your life that will make lasting, that will add such value to your life and years and years to your life? In the end, whenever your time is to go, don't you want to be able to say, I had a great time, it was awesome? Don't you want your family to say, oh, it was, life with him was, or with him, with her was amazing. And they're almost, they're almost okay with you passing over. Because you lived life. They may miss you, but you lived life so well while you were here. And maybe you make them so proud and you inspire them to live life a certain way and to demand certain things of themselves and they fight for whatever it is they get but it has to start with you if you don't fight for what you want why would they fight for what they want 
If you're going to sit here and grumble left and right and center, why wouldn't they do the same? Why are you any different? Make the change. Make it once and for all. Because none of this is important. It's these moments that you have with your sons, with your daughters. Those are the moments that are important. And to have as many of those moments as you can before it's your time to go, that's what's important. To create these memories. Don't give up on yourself. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.